0: A suite of talks, performances, and exhibitions tackles the subject Making War, Making Peace this fall on the IU Bloomington campus. As part of this themeester of coordinated programming, the IU Art Museum is hosting a show of Iranian posters of the Islamic Revolution and the Iran-Iraq War. As WFIU's Yael Cassander discovered, these ephemeral artifacts show just how mighty visual imagery can be in conveying political agendas. The Iranian posters currently
1: on display at the IU Art Museum offer a view of recent history that will seem unfamiliar and quite possibly shocking to an American audience. Take, for example, an image issued only two months into the Iran hostage crisis. This is an image, I think, that's rather unforgettable. Christian Gruber, associate professor of Islamic art at the University of Michigan, curated this selection of images on loan from the University of Chicago. What
2: you see here is a large poster that was issued in January of 1980 for a conference that was held in Tehran for international liberation movements. The
1: conference marked one year since the Shah had fled the country and the Ayatollah Khomeini had returned from exile to head up the newly established Islamic Republic of Iran.
2: After the revolution, Iran saw itself as at the helm of uh, third world or developing world uh, liberation movements that positioned itself against American hegemony. And so what you see here is that positioning of the Islamic Republic as at the head of this growing pile of
1: fists. The stark poster depicts a skull-faced Uncle Sam being strangled by a black fist that has risen from a pyramid of fists. Blood is spurting copiously through the strangling fingers. The visual language is economical and efficient.
2: Just a few iconic
1: tropes, a skull, a fist, and the U.S.
2: flag. It really drives home its messages with just these very meaning-laden, heavily recognizable symbols of both the United States' uh, death and uprising.
1: With the Shah out of the picture, attention turned towards the United States, considered the real power behind the Pahlavi monarchy, and still resented by Iranians for the 1953 CIA-led coup d'etat that overthrew the democratically elected prime minister and installed the puppet ruler the grisly poster, manifests this antipathy. This
2: shows the power of the people to destroy what is perceived as American imperialism, capitalism, consumerist culture exploitation of
1: natural resources. So, while the American public was tying on yellow ribbons to bring the hostages home, the radical Islamic movement was gaining traction through images like this one, which were being circulated in non-American circles. Many of these
2: posters were actually protected and uh, collected in Iranian embassies all over the world because uh, the embassies would then distribute them for propaganda
1: purposes or would put them on display within the embassies. The likelihood of seeing these artifacts in an American museum 30 years later was slim. There are only two institutions
2: in the United States that have uh, post-revolutionary Iranian posters. One of them is the University of Chicago Special Collections, and the other is the Hoover Institution at Stanford, which has about 400 of them.
1: There are 200 posters in the Chicago Collection from which this exhibition is drawn.
2: And uh, those posters were acquired by a librarian at the time. His name is Paul Spachman. The University of Chicago sent out Dr. Spachman with federal funding, and he went to Iranian outposts around the world, including, I believe, areas of Afghanistan, and I think he was also in
1: Syria. Over the course of his travels, Spachman amassed one of only two Iranian poster collections in the world, neither of which remained on home turf. There used
2: to be a collection of these in the Museum of Contemporary Art in Tehran, Uh, and uh, the last I heard was that they thought these were ephemeral, and therefore not high art, so they
1: deaccession them. Ephemeral or not, a number of the posters evince a deep connection to iconographic traditions in Persian art. While the skull-faced Uncle Sam poster uses a stripped-down modernist aesthetic to convey its theme, other examples in the show rely on a more descriptive style born of storytelling. This is called the
2: coffeehouse style because in 19th century Iran, the place where images were consumed was in coffee houses where a storyteller would come in uh, with a large canvas, really just enormous, with vignettes typically telling... For example, the story of the Battle of Karbala or story of an epic king of Iran. And he would use that canvas with a pointer or with his hands. And he would tell a story from beginning to end over the course of hours. And that was basically a nighttime entertainment.
1: The exhibition includes one image that is a direct descendant of the coffeehouse tradition. It
2: tells the whole story of the revolution from the beginning to the end. This whole event is shown here on the map of Iran.
1: The critical events of the revolution circle around the composition. The
2: final toppling of the sculpture of the Shah, Mohammad Reza Shah Pahlavi, all of the street demonstrations and you see the banners and the posters being carried in those demonstrations. And then another pivotal event was the burning of cinema Rex, which leads finally to the Shah uh, going into exile. And you see him here crossing the Persian Gulf. He went to Egypt where he died in Cairo. So he's escaping, you know, with all of his embezzled things and he's got a black dog and a demon following him. So he's the devil thief and then you've got the god metaphor that's playing out in this part of the poster presiding over the entire composition is the ayatollah right. Khomeini. Exactly, and Ayatollah Khomeini was not there during the revolutions. He was in exile, first in in Najaf and then in Paris. And so you see here the dome of the Shrine of Ali in Najaf and the Eiffel Tower, and here his flight, and he's overseeing all of this as if he were a godlike figure, and he's coming back two weeks after the Shah is exiled. But he's not just coming back. As a religious leader, a supreme religious leader, he's coming back as this enlightened, almost colossal celestial figure that's hovering in space, holding up the Quran with the Shahada on a green banner floating behind him and the word Islamic Republic and God is great, inscribed up above. So in a way, this is a bit of an apocalyptic or cosmic battle of a good versus evil, but all of it is woven into historical events that didn't necessarily have those tropes embedded in them initially. It was a social democratic revolution that became Islamized through a wide range of discursive
1: techniques and visual tools. The Graphics of Revolution and War is on view in the Special Exhibitions Gallery on the first floor of the IU Art Museum through December 18th. For WFIU, I'm Yael Cassander.
0: Two talks have been scheduled in tandem with the exhibition. Wednesday evening, November 16th, historian Juan Cole of the University of Michigan gives a talk in the gallery on the subject Iran and the Challenge of the Arab Spring. On Friday the 18th, doctoral student Elizabeth Rao speaks on Iran 30 years later: the 1979 revolution and the 2009 presidential protests. Both talks begin at 5:30 and will be followed with receptions in the atrium. See images from the show at wfiu.org/arts. Mm-hmm shirts you can